Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. I am beyond excited today. I know the group chat is going to be very excited about this episode. We have Anwar White with us. He is a certified dating and relationship coach who has helped thousands of women heal their hearts, date effectively, and get their guy. When he isn't getting his clients or his sisters, as he calls them, dating like crazy and having a ton of fun while doing it, he is watching reality TV with his partner, being a suburban mother of three, trying to keep his California body warm in Montreal. So you are freezing cold right now. Yes, girl. <laughs> haven't, well, left the, haven't left the house in a week. Oh, my goodness. Wait, so, yeah. I, so we switched. I'm a New Yorker, um, now living in Los Angeles. So, sorry. I'm in the warmth. <laughs> I love it, girl. I'm happy for you. Anyone who can get out. <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Well, we're really excited to have you here. We're, we're th- in three different relationship statuses right now. Sade's not with us, but she is in a serious relationship. She has a boyfriend. They live together. Glenn, do you want to describe your situation? I'm single. Oh, not situation. <laughs> or your status. <laughs> and I am newly married. And our listeners, like, you know, across the board. So I was like, we need an expert on to kind of get us through this because we get lots of questions around dating it seems like it's kind of the big topic for women our age we're in our Mm -hmm. early 30s um so I guess first thing can you share like a little bit about how you even became a dating coach yeah no problem so um you know I actually have been doing this since I was a little boy on the playground helping boys talk to (laughs) girls and girls talk to boys I was that guy that was double dutching with the girls, but then also playing basketball with the boys. Like, you won't notice it here, but I'm actually, like, pretty big and, like, 6'2". So um, I've always been able to navigate different groups. And in doing that, you know, I think it's just, like, my mission and purpose. Um, It wasn't until I got my MBA from an Ivy League institution and I was reaching out to all of my girlfriends just kind of seeing, hey, girl, how are things going? I realized that, like, everything was going well in their lives except for their love life. And so me, being the type A person that I am, I was like, girl, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm just going to step in here. I'm going to get this solved for you. And then (laughs) before I knew it, like, within a couple of months, they were in relationships. And then within a couple of years, they were, you know, engaged or married. And at that time, I was managing billion-dollar budgets for fashion companies. And I was like, hmm. I really enjoyed this much more. And that's, you know, 13, 14 years ago when I started really doing this. And then I got certified as a relationship coach and have been helping everyone, but specifically women of color uh, for the past decade. 
I love that. And I did, I saw that on your page that you specifically work with women of color. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are black girls texting. So I wonder, is there something very specific about black women dating? Oh my gosh, yes. So <laughs> what are much. some of the things? <laughs> so much. It's completely different. And if you have white girlfriends, you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk about this a lot because I'm really passionate about it. And because I know that the experience is very unique. You know, part of the work that I do isn't just about getting the guy. It's really about kind of getting yourself. And it's mm. a it's a lot about not just dating strategy, but also healing, you know, our, our trauma, our survival. Um, and so some of the unique challenges uh, that I have seen with working with my clients is one, um, when you grow up black, you don't grow up with boundaries. So mm. when you like, you can't say no to your parents, right? Sometimes you'll get a whooping. Sometimes <laughs> you'll have a reaction that doesn't feel safe for you. And so what that mm. means is that like, when you go into your adult relationships, romantic or non, many black women don't know how to set boundaries. Mm. And if you can't boundary well, you won't date well. And if you don't date well, you won't relationship well. So that's one thing that I see. The other thing that I see too is oftentimes our parents will not allow us to have emotions and share our feelings, right? Our feelings are not necessarily celebrated or welcomed in our in our households. One, because our parents don't know, oftentimes don't know how to hold space for us because that's not what they were taught. But um, what that means is that we get programmed and conditioned to re- think that no one cares about our feelings, so we shouldn't share them. And because, and what happens is in relationships, no one knows who the hell you are because you aren't sharing your feelings. And mm. when you're dating men, oftentimes your feelings are the roadmap for them to understand how to treat you, right? So um, one of the things that I work with my clients on quite a bit is being able to be vulnerable from a feeling perspective. That's the only way that you will deeply connect with a man. If you don't, which a lot of black women don't, you won't be seen as a girlfriend or a wife. You'll be seen as a business colleague. So Hmm. that is very important in the work that I do with a lot of my clients. The other things, you know, um, I would say that there's dating racism out there, right? If we look at some of the response rates, even online, you Mm -hmm. will see that, the response rates for Black women are around 33%. And then for other women, it's closer to 40 to 50%, right? Yeah. And so I want to keep it real. There's dating racism out there. That's one. Um, I will also say that there is a toxic loyalty to Black men. <laughs> and I think that really hurts the way in which Black women are being coupled and married. Um, I will say that I think that the marriage rate for Black women is close to 29%, which is roughly half of other groups. And what that means, it's because 90% of the marriages that Black women have are with Black men. But unfortunately, and I get a lot of shit for this, the Black men hate me. I get crazy DMs every day when I tell Black women to date everyone to expand their selections, their opportunities. You know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot going on with Black men, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Not as educated, not making as much money. We're the Black 
racial group is the only group where single black women make more than single black men. There's no other group really? where that happens. The only group. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. what that means, what happens is, and we see this with oftentimes some of our, our mothers and our grandmothers that they've had to do, they've had to take care of the families more. Right. And whereas uh, these other groups are, uh, you know, allow and have the opportunity to have men take care of them because they're making more, because they're more educated and they don't have some of the institutional racism, structural racism that some of the black men have, you know, have to go through and deal with. Like, I don't want to ignore that fact as well. The other thing is that oftentimes a lot of black men are not emotionally available. And that is a very intelligent and that's a very important part of being in a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, I will also say that black men, you know, if you look at the statistics in the 90s, and one of the things that you have to know about me is that I was an undergrad statistics major. So I look at love dating relationships, both qualitatively and quantitatively. Two thirds of black households were led by single mothers in the 90s. So what that means is, Black men don't know how to be in a relationship because they were never taught. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're winging it, just like many of you all have had to wing it in dating because oftentimes Black girls are not taught how to date. The messaging is don't be fast and don't get pregnant. But it's not, mm. okay, so when a guy does this, this is what you need to do, girl. Right? And so not only are Black girls and Black women winging it, but Black men are as well. So it's like, Blind leading the blind girl. So that toxic <laughs> loyalty makes it really hard to really find your person and live the life that I think you want to live as a partnered person. Yeah, I hear you on that. I mean, I am, I take all that information and probably process it slightly differently. I'm like, well, we need each other. And maybe that's, a, you know, a piece of the the statistics, statistics that you mentioned about black women being very like, you know, race loyal. They are calling it on the Internet. Um, do you ever have any clients that are like, no, I want a black man for X, Y and Z reason. Like I feel safer within my community. And then if so. I guess what tips do they have to follow if they're mm -hmm. like, no, I, I want a black that's a man specifically. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like a must. Yeah. So um, I chat with ladies before I work with them. And mm. one of the requirements in being in my program is that you have to date everyone. Mm. Right. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. Because here's the thing. If you continue to date your type, which, by the way, generally your type is not your type, um, <laughs> you won't learn anything because you'll mm. use the same parts of yourself to talk with the same kinds of guys. Right. And in my mind, dating is an opportunity for you to learn about yourself. And you're going to have to date different guys to find different parts and explore different parts of yourself. Right? So yeah. um, that's what I will say to that. Your thought about we need each other is really interesting. And I want to talk about that because mm. and I, I get a lot of shit, but this is a very kind of a viral video that I talked about, which is I want black women to date with white woman mm -hmm. audacity. Mm -hmm. And mm. what do I mean by that? Because you said something really interesting, which is well, we need each other. No. When you're talking about they need us, that is servitude to black men. 
Black women and Black girls are often taught that I have to do things for other people. I have to do things, do things for my community, do things for the men, right? And that is how, like, oftentimes this is how we are taught to love and be loved because we see that with our mothers and our grandmothers. White woman audacity tells me that I get to do things for myself, which is the essence of feminine energy, right? That my needs come first and that's it. Doesn't really matter about anybody else. Yeah. Hmm. And it, it goes like so like contrarian to how many of us are raised that it's like, it's a very odd concept for many people to think about. And um, so I just want to offer that because the other part of the difficulty that happens um, for black women dating is that many of them are very much in their masculine energy. Right. And that is because they've had to rely on them themselves. And um, what I know is that when you are in your masculine energy, you will attract two kinds of men um, because relationships are about compliments. So if you're in your masculine energy, you will either attract someone is that's in their hyper masculine or toxic masculine who will try mm-hmm. to make you submit into your feminine or you will date someone that's in their dominant feminine energy who who has basically regressed into a teenage boy and who is looking for a mother and you will end up mothering him. <laughs> Those are the only two ways that that will happen if you stay in your masculine energy. So part of my work is also helping my clients kind of recalibrate their energies so that mm-hmm. they can find men that are also in their healthy energies as well. You all were laughing. Why was that? <laughs> The teenage I, boy reference was just hilarious, but I yeah, also and Glenn knows I'm super um black love. Yes, she I is. Just am. And and I'm, lucky, I'm, luckily I'm super for me, I found black it. woman love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was also responding to just I feel like there's so much rhetoric around the like you're in your masculine, you're in your feminine, and mm. people just kind of throw it around to the point where I don't even know if I should give it much stock I think I think people have like we talk a lot about this on the podcast as well just a lot of the discourse around dating has seemed to got have gotten like very warped mm-hmm. where it feels like people actually don't know how to connect with one another in like a genuine way if that mm-hmm. makes sense it's like from off the heels of the Kevin Samuels and the what are you bringing to the table and you know high value men podcast yeah just all of that <laughs> Like, do you think, I guess, and I'm finding a question in this now, do you think we're in a bad way, like, societally? Who's we, and what does a bad as, way mean? Uh, people that are dating now, and maybe specifically Black people, but people that are dating now, that are active on the internet, maybe. Um, I feel like we talked about this recently, Chelsea, and you had something to say, too, and I'm not, like, verbalizing it well, but um, just people that are that are trying to date in this current age, in this current time. It feels like it might be harder than ever um, because of some of the the challenges that you mentioned earlier, plus the apps, plus a lot of this rhetoric and yeah. Or is it, there's still room to have hope. Yeah. I think that, um, I think it's a double-edged sword, meaning it's harder because you have more choice, Mm. right? That's the paradox of choice. Um, It's also harder because... Um, our generations are raised differently. So 
we're much more individualized and that is specifically for men. Um, so they're not necessarily courting women in the way that they used to. And that's not going to change. That's actually going to probably get become different and worse as they listen to these guys, uh, these red pill podcasts and other things. Um, I think what makes things challenging is that women are more empowered and they have more agency and they're more independent and between us, um, they don't need men as much. So mm. now men have mm. to figure out what is my freaking value, right? Like there's literally equality now. Like, like I said before, black women are making more than black men. So now what is, what is my value to you? Like in the seventies, a woman couldn't have a bank account in her own name. And now I'm making more than you. I'm more educated <laughs> than you, right? There's an evolution that's happening that is making things very challenging and different. This is another reason why I tell black women to date everyone, right? Because if you're more educated, if you're making more money, what is the value? If something breaks down in your house, you can find someone online to do it. You don't need a man to be in the house to fix something. So in the same respect, and I know it sounds like I'm bashing men. I, I love men. They're great. <laughs> but... <laughs> They're going to need to level up from an emotional standpoint, because that's what you need more so. And they're not necessarily there yet. I think that right now, I think it's the highest percentage of single men out there. And it's because they're not necessarily doing the work that's necessary, right? If you look at all of these self-help, you know, places, it's going to be mostly women. These seminars that are mm -hmm. doing deeper work that want to level up um, and heal, a lot of men aren't necessarily doing it and doing it in such an intentional way. So um, I think that's what makes things so challenging. I'm not pessimistic about it, though, because I actually think that they're... The thing about love is that not everyone is supposed to be your person. So um, I, I think that there's always someone out there for everyone, but you just got to find them. It's the days are gone where you just kind of like, you know, uh, be found. You, you have <laughs> to like create your love life. You can't just wait for it. So I'm always like, go online, go offline, date everybody um, to see who is your person. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That made me that like, caused so many other questions in my head. One thing being, I was just jotting notes. One thing being you talked about agency and like women are now, you know, in a different space. We have more money, more power, we're successful. And so typically I feel like traditionally a man picks the woman and courts the woman, etc. But we just saw, and it was pretty viral with Simone Biles, she saw someone she liked, mm. went after that person, and the internet kind of went crazy because like, it didn't seem like in the interview like he was chasing her. Do you mm. think that in a relationship, the man should be chasing the woman to some extent or should be, or do you think it's okay that in some situations now it's been kind of flipped and the woman, woman is picking? Like I said before, I think that relationships are about compliments, right? And in the 50s, women just had to be in their feminine energy. You get to choose what energy you want to be in, but you need to choose one. 
either in your Mm -hmm. dominant masculine or dominant feminine, right? One of the reasons why Simone Biles was so successful is because she was in her masculine, right? No feelings, thought, focus, act, right? Execute, right? So she's doing what she has been programmed and conditioned to do her entire life. The, The challenge comes when the compliment isn't there. Like I was saying before, she's in her masculine, like many black women are. What happens is that that guy is actually in his feminine, right? He thinks, and he said it himself that he felt like he was the prize. Mm-hmm. And so what happens though, and what I see so often is that masculine energy makes you really successful professionally, but that shit gets really tiring and creates a lot of resentment a couple of years down the road. Because mm. how you start, as our my grandmother said, is how you finish. And she's not going to want to do all of the work all of the time, right? What is also happening, too, and this is why I say it is really important to find men that are very secure and probably make as much, if not more than you, is that when you have someone who... If you're dating a guy and and you're making significantly less or he's less well-known, many men will try to humble women and try to bring them down so that they feel in power and in control. I think it is men are hardwired to chase, right? Um, And so I'm one of the things that I work with with my clients is making sure that they are they are creating space for masculine energetic men true masculine energetic men to pursue them and to be courted right because what i don't want to happen is three years down the road not only are you have the high higher paying job but you're also managing the entire household and taking care of the kids 90 percent of the time that is the reason why most people will be getting divorces right and so i want to make sure that he is able to handle a good amount 50% if not more of the labor that is happening in a relationship mm-hmm. i hope that that answers your question the, yeah. the answer is it's complementary so i've seen couples that women that are in their masculine men and in their feminine and that mm-hmm. works the majority of the time it's the other way around Hmm. Hmm. And can you, okay, what about, we talked a little bit about age and that was something that it was very popular when RIP Kevin Samuels was alive and he would talk about like the danger zone and, (laughs) you know, all this stuff. Um, Do you think that there is an ideal age for a woman to find her an optimal time for a woman to find her life partner, like a certain age bracket. Here's what I think is really important. And I'm speaking specifically for black women. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that most black women are actually getting married between the ages of 35 and 45. And what's happening is they're getting really disappointed um, and butthurt because they believe that they're supposed to be with, you know, be married between the ages of 25 and 35. And I think that's kind of like a white girl's dream. Um, why do I say that? I say that, and I hope the white girls aren't offended if they're listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but I say that because most 
black men are not ready to get married until the average age for a black man to get married is like 34, 35. The average age for a non-black man to get married is around 30 because they have self-actualized and they are in a stable point in their career where they're able to take care and provide for a family. And oftentimes black women are waiting for black men to be ready for that. Yeah. So, um, I think the ideal age for you to get married is when you have fully, you have fully, fully healed. Yeah. And you have done the work to the point where not everything is triggering you. Hmm. So that's going to be different for every woman. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are being ready at 28. If you would talk to me at um, 26, 28 girl, I was a hot mess. Talking (laughs) shit, just rude and bitchy for no reason. I thought I was better than everybody else. I thought guys were losers and lame. I didn't have time for them. I met my partner when I was 28 and I was a bitch. And I had to do the work for two straight years to get to a point where I had to open my heart and I was ready for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm sharing this vulnerable moment to let y'all know that that's the focus, the healing. And once you get there, and it sounds like a lot of women are doing that work, which is exciting, that's when you will be ready. And I actually think that dating is an opportunity to heal, right? Because it'll bring up all your shit, like like parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have this question too. Um, how do you how do you navigate and like address the intersectionality in your coaching, considering like race and sexual orientation? Well, I would I will say that ninety ninety five percent of my clients are cis hetero black women, um, and the way that I think about I really don't think about. Um, sexuality that much, not because I'm ignorant, but because <laughs> um, for me, it's about energy, hmm. right? So it's about masculine and feminine energy. And that happens in all relationships, um, gay, straight, or anything in between. Um, in my relationship, even though I have this valley girl accent and a high pitched voice and feminine mannerisms, I'm actually the one that's in the masculine energetic role of the relationship. Hmm. And when I'm working, because I just work with women, um, when I work with my lesbian clients, we have to figure out what their role is. And I actually think it's a much more important understanding of like what your energy is in though in like um, a gay or lesbian relationship, because um, you know you can have two dominant or two like less dominant. Um, um, individuals, but it's again, it's about the compliment. It's not about the clone. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Switching gears a little bit, I, you mentioned um, online dating a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. kind of to even tie together what you're we saying about like black men and kind of where where black women are societally. When I'm on these apps, some of these people that I'm seeing, I'm like, there's just no way in the world. And I'm willing to try lots of different things, but I'm definitely like at a certain status in my life. And I get these like, you should really meet such and such. And I'm like, I should? Y'all think this is my match? That's kind of crazy. Um, but really, my bigger question is how, um, what advice do you give the the women that you work with to not have fatigue 
using the apps mm-hmm. and to feel like motivated to even continue. Because I find like a lot of the small talk like very laborious and kind of boring and I'll respond like twice and then I forgot that I even matched with the person and I'm over it and I've not been on the app. Like I just responded to somebody that I matched with in November. I was like, oh shit. No girl. I forgot about that. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I hadn't opened the map hadn't opened the app since girl, November. Not November, girl. No. Yes. Cause I just have no. moments where I'm like, oh, what's on the app? Oh, okay. And then I like no, forget girl. that I'm on it. Cause I like don't really care. And I don't like meeting people on apps because I have I just I have no reason to be interested if you're on the app. Yeah. Because I don't know you. It's a great question. Um, I will say it's January now. These first three weeks of January, I consider the Super Bowl of online dating. So you need to be on there because you're going to have 30, 40% more people on these apps because it's a new year, it's a new them, and they want new love. So this would be the time to actually maximize. That's why most of my clients in the end of March, early April are often getting their guys because they maximize this time. So I'm glad that you're coming back on. Stay on for that month. Try to make it happen, honey. Um, you need to have boundaries when you have, when you're online dating. So I always tell my clients like 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. Don't let it run you. You have to run these apps. And so your boundaries have to be really strong when it comes to that. A lot of g- women that I work with, cause they're smart and successful, they go hard in the paint, right? So they're, it's a hundred percent or nothing. And I'm saying, girl, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So go 60. Yeah. Um, so in turn, what I find a lot is that, you mentioned a couple of things, and I think it's multifaceted. One, people do this start and stop thing um, because uh, of what you were saying. But I want to offer that the start and stop happens because we get triggered. And we don't know how to necessarily manage that. And The work that I do with my clients is to figure out, okay, so what's going on and why is this affecting you so much? Right? What's the origin story? What are the thoughts that you're having in this situation, right? And and why is it hitting that tender spot and managing and acknowledging and healing those areas so those things don't bother you, right? Because if you can't manage those things on the online apps, please understand that when you're in a relationship, it's times 10 because you actually care, <laughs> right? And when you're triggered all the time, that will create disconnection in your relationships when you do get into it. So that's why I say that dating is such an opportunity for healing. That's number one. Number two, you talked about small talk, which I think is really interesting. And this is one of the reasons why I'm a dating coach for Black and Brown women specifically. What I have learned is that um, oftentimes Black women split themselves. They are one way with parents, one way with friends, one way at work, one way with men. And it can get really exhausting to continue to split yourself. And you give like 60% of yourself to everybody. The work and what I help my clients do is help them to combine all of those split parts, right? That sometimes we have to code switch so that we don't have to feel like we're faking the funk and we don't have to feel like we're putting on a face because that's the exhausting part, right? Guess what? You don't have to ask lame questions about their hometown or how many sisters or brothers that they have. You can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. And I actually want to encourage you to do that, right? 
if one of my one of my clients was a math teacher in Boston and she was very much into sci-fi and stuff. So one of her questions was, do you believe in aliens? Right. And then we would talk about that because that's what she cared about. I always tell my clients, like, whatever you were on the phone talking about with your best friend, those are the sorts of subjects and conversations that I want you to have on these apps. It doesn't have to be small talk. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.